Good evening. Welcome to Hope. I'm Ben. I'm one of the pastors here. So good to be gathered together tonight as we celebrate this Ash Wednesday service. You know, typically Ash Wednesday is, is more of a somber occasion, but, but as we begin tonight, we do have some, some good news and some exciting things that I want to announce to you. And the first is this, that, that each year during Lent and, and Advent, but especially now during Lent, uh, Hope chooses a mission partner for our targeted giving. And this year, that mission partner is going to be Valley Christian Counseling. And, and we're going to be, uh, through financial support, supporting them in expanding services and also assisting with counseling support for those whose insurance doesn't adequately cover the cost of counseling. And I think we all know the need for that is so very, very great in this world, in our community, on your street maybe in your home as well. And so what, a, what a, a gift for us to be able to partner with Valley Christian Counseling. We've worked with them uh, for many years. And so our goal is to raise $100,000 to help them in their work. And so if you'd like to give, uh, feel called to give. There are some ways to give there. There's envelopes that are out at the kiosks, out in the, the gathering space. You can text a target and the amount to that number there on the screen. You can also visit fargohope.org giving to give as well. Uh, the, the other thing that I want to lift up and celebrate, as you may remember, a few months back, we held a congregational vote uh, to, to purchase some land in West Fargo for the West Campus. And I want you to know tonight that one week ago, on February 15th, we closed on that land and on that property. And so, yay. What an amazing thing for us to celebrate and, and yet another step in this process towards a permanent space for the West Campus. So excited for that tonight. Tonight, as I said, is Ash Wednesday. It's the beginning of the season of, of Lent in the church calendar. It's this time of, of preparation as we move closer towards Easter, as we remember the journey that Jesus took to the cross, to the grave, and ultimately to an empty tomb. And it's this time for you and I to be focused in new, deeper ways on our walk with Jesus. And, and so I invite you tonight to consider that, to think about that. I invite you uh, into that a deeper time with God. Maybe it's spending more time each week in prayer. Maybe it's devoting five minutes every day to read a passage from the Psalms or, or from a gospel. Tonight, uh, we begin that time, that time of drawing closer to God by coming face to face with a reality. A reality that I don't know that our world likes to always see. And it's the reality of ashes and dust. Ashes in, in scripture are a sign of, of grief, of mourning, of repentance, of turning away from our sin. They're this reminder that, that sin and death are, are ever present right in front of us in this life. A reminder that you and I are made of dust, and to dust we shall return. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you tonight. 
for the opportunity to come before you, to see the realities of this world, to see our brokenness, our sin, the hurt of this world, but to know that you're present in that, that you have a plan for us, that you have a place for us and a will for our lives, that in Jesus, even the dust can be redeemed. It's in his name we pray. Amen. So many years ago, there was a little girl. Her name was Annie. And when Annie was in third grade, she learned to write in cursive. I don't know if they still teach cursive anymore, do they? Yes, they do. Good. That's good because Annie would love that because Annie loved to write in cursive. And so she was excited one day when, when she got an assignment from her teacher. Her teacher gave the whole class this assignment. They were supposed to write a letter to someone special and Annie picked her grandma. Annie loved her grandma so dearly. And so she sat down at her desk and she picked out one of her favorite pens and she started to write and she wrote a few pages all about her class, about the things that she was learning in school and and then she filled a whole page talking about her friends. And, and then she wrote about her teacher who, who loved to, to, to read books to them out loud after the lunch hour. And then she ended her letter with these words. She wrote, Grandma, I hope you stay alive all your life. I hope you stay alive all your life. She did. We all do. We are all alive our whole lives from beginning to end, from birth to death, and from dust to dust. Tonight we're here to remember a truth that God formed the first human beings from the dust of the ground, that he breathed the breath of life into that human, that man's lungs. But, but those first human beings, Adam and Eve, they sinned against God. They turned away from God. And because of that sin and brokenness, uh, they and we face this life, uh, of a reality of, of death in this life. Dust you are, to dust you will return. That's true for Annie's grandma who lived all of her life. It's true for me and it's true for you. It's the truth about ashes and it's the reality of, of Ash Wednesday and really every day. A few weeks ago I was traveling, I was driving through the western part of, of North Dakota with my family and we, we stopped in this little town at a little diner and it was this tiny little place where we had lunch. It was really small inside the restaurant. There was uh, no blaring music. There was no TVs on the walls. It was just quiet. And we had our own table, which was nice. But we were basically all together in this space. And it was in that little space I could see everyone. And I could hear everything that people were saying. And, and as we waited for our food, I saw this woman drinking a cup of coffee all alone. She had this deep, deep sadness in her eyes. And I heard as the waitress came over to her and said, I know you're sad. It's okay. As I was sitting there, I heard another woman talking about how hard it was to have the greatest gift in the world, grandchildren. But she never got to see them, maybe once a year, because they lived so far away. That was so hard for her. I watched as, as another woman came in the front door. She was walking really slowly, 
bent over. She was hunched down. She was holding her husband's arm. She had a scarf tied tight around her head. Behind me, there were some men who were talking about how someone had broken a window in one of their trucks, shattered it, and then just drove off. All of this going on around me, and it was there in that moment that I realized that I was surrounded by the reality of Ash Wednesday, the realities of of life, of sin, of brokenness, of hurt, and even death. You too, in your life, you are surrounded by those realities. You've seen death, you've faced hurt, you, you know the power of sin in your life, even if you don't want to admit it. It's thrown you off course, it's eroded things in your life. You've had loss, you've had pain, you've had things that you hoped in fall apart right in front of you, unravel right in front of you, and we might not want to admit it, but this world knows the truth of ashes. And we're here to admit that. To hear those words, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. And that alone is is pretty bleak by itself. But the ashes aren't the only thing tonight. As people of faith, we see more than that. We see the ashes, but we also see the cross. Both of those things together. Sin and death. But also forgiveness, hope, and life. So over the season of Lent, we're going to be studying the Ten Commandments. And and if you want to hear a message on all of those Ten Commandments during Lent, you're going to have to come to worship on Wednesday and Sunday to get all ten of them. The Ten Commandments are these laws given by God to the people of Israel. They're part of this larger... uh, Law given in scripture uh, to God's people in law, it's this small word, it's three letters, but it's, it's this really, it's this huge concept. When you and I hear the word law, we think of so much. Uh, there, we think of the law of the land, we think of this big list of things that, that we shouldn't do, and yes, law is that, but it's so much more. The Hebrew word that's often translated for law is this word Torah, and Torah is this deep thing. It's the teaching, the way of God, the guidance that God gives you and me in this life. It's this good and holy gift, and we could spend hours and hours and hours dissecting that, but if we did that, you would fall asleep, and if you fell asleep, by the time you woke up and I was done dissecting it, there might be six inches of snow on the ground, and we might all be stuck here, and we don't have a whole lot of food here, so we're not going to go into the hours and hours and hours of dissecting the word law. I'm just going to give you the basics. Here they are. The law of God gives us a framework for for understanding our lives, for understanding why we're here tonight and for seeing the need for God's redemption in this broken world. As Lutheran Christians, we believe that the law of God, which can be summarized in the Ten Commandments, does three things. The first is this. It promotes civil order. I want you to think of a stop sign. God keeps our our human chaos in check with his law. Think of the commandment, you shall not steal. Now imagine life without that commandment. If everyone just took what they wanted, it'd be fun for what, like three hours? And then it would be horrible. Chaos everywhere. 
So the law of God helps to keep our society in order. The second thing that God's law does is this. It convicts us of our sin. It's like a mirror. When we hold it up, it shows us who we are. When I look in the mirror and I compare myself to the laws, to the ways, to the teachings of God, when I look at the Ten Commandments, I see how horrible I have fallen short. It shows me my failures to do what is right, pleasing, and honorable to God and to the people around me, too. Here's how the Apostle Paul says it in today's reading. He said, I would not have known what sin was. Was it not had been for the law? I would not have known what sin was had it not been for the law. A woman who had just found faith said to me once, I didn't realize how broken my life was until I started to read the Bible. God's word. And his law, it shows us the depth of our brokenness. And finally, in in Jesus, the law shows us how to live a Christian life. It shows us uh, how to live once we realize that our, our brokenness is met in God's redemption in Jesus Christ. The law becomes this gift that shows us what it means to live as people of faith, how as people of faith we can live a life that is good and pleasing to God. We learn how to be not perfect, but how to be a light in this dark world. The law does those three things. Civil order convicts us of our sin and teaches us how to live as Christians. And scripture tells us that it's holy in those purposes. Tonight, I believe that we're here because of that second use of God's law. Because his law shows us the sinful nature of not just ourselves, but the broken and sinful nature of this world. His law makes a diagnosis. That is the lens that you and I use as people of faith to see and to understand the brokenness of this world, that that we can't live up to the ways of God, that we can't do as God does or or as God asks us to do, that that we're separate from God, and, and the ripples of that go deep. Remember that a long time ago, God asked Adam and Eve to stay away from one tree, and they didn't because they couldn't, and in that act of disobedience, things unraveled and sin and brokenness, they entered the world and they spread like a wildfire and death and decay. They came with it and God sent them out of paradise and and out of the garden that he had made, created for them to live with him in that place. He sent them out with these words, for you are dust and to dust you will return. And in them and in their sin, we see ourselves. We see how fragile we are how fragile our will to do what's right is, how fragile our lives are. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. We've stumbled, you and I. We've failed in what we've done, what we haven't done, our thoughts and our words and our actions. When those things are held up to the law of God who is holy, and righteous, and good, all of us fall short. And the wages of that, scripture tells us, 
is death. Death is what comes from sin. That's what I saw in that diner. Brokenness and hurt, sin and death. And I see it in me and in my life. And no doubt you do in yours. Ashes to ashes. We remember tonight and and we sit there in that truth for a moment. But just for a moment. Because we also remember that God isn't going to leave us there. Because his good and holy law that shows us our failures and faults, that shows us how broken we all are, it also drives us to his cross, to Jesus, who is our redemption and our hope and our life, to Jesus who can hold all of those things together. When you come forward tonight to receive ashes as a reminder of sin and death and the realities of life, they won't just be splotched on. They'll be in the form of a cross because that's the place where sin and the hurts and the pains of this world and this life meet the depth of God's mercy and his grace and his love. The cross is what says that your failures won't define you. The cross is what says that you are a child of God. The cross is what says you are dead in your sin, but in Jesus there is life. The cross is what says you are dust, but I make all things new. The cross is what says there is hope for you and for your weary souls. A teenage girl, not Annie, a different girl who goes by her initials, A.C., She woke up one night, and she was in the dark, and she didn't know where she was, but she heard beeping. And she felt down by her wrist, and she felt tubes coming out of her arms, and there were nurses coming in and out of the room. And she was in and out of consciousness in those moments, and she was there in the ICU dealing with uncertain, unknown disease, one that she had never asked for, one that she could have never imagined for her life. And her life now seemed like ashes and dust. And at some point while she was there in the hospital, her mom took a picture of her. She was curled up in her hospital bed. And she's clinging to a stuffed animal in one hand. And in the other hand, she's clinging to a cross that someone from her church had given her. And later after being discharged from the hospital, she writes these words. She writes, the image of the cross is forever burned in my mind as I remember that our God is a God who uses death to create life. The God whose love was displayed on splintered wood for me. And I know, I know that is the same God who sits beside me now, who watches his child cling to her small wooden cross and takes a hold of her hand as she clings to him for healing, for hope, for life. Profound words from a young girl in a dark moment of her life. I hope you know the same truth that she knows, that God is for you, that he lived for you, that he died for you, and that out of the brokenness, the ashes, Out of the sin and death comes a cross. And from that cross 
comes eternal life. So remember tonight, yes, you are dust. So am I. You will live all your life. But know also, with every part of your being, that Jesus reforms and remakes and renews and reshapes even the dust of our lives. See those ashes and remember, yes, you are dust and you'll return there someday. But even more, remember that in the cross of Jesus, you are much more than that. Amen. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we thank you. We thank you tonight for your law that shows us who we are, for your commandments that show us where we fall short. And we thank you for your grace, for the gift of your Son, who despite our failures and our weakness and our sin, went before us into death, even death on a cross, so that we might have life. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.